Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining your hosts, Ashley Steiner and Merlin Schweiger. You can talk about your tiny Airbnb. Oh my gosh, it's so small. Like while you're, while you're waiting for your house to be built. Like Panther will walk, like be on one end and meow and then like take five steps to the other end and then meow as if like this place isn't big enough for this tiny little cat hey panther needs a space you know he's he's a wild animal he needs to i think it has more to with like i can always see him so like because i'll bother him Mm. just all the time you know like there's no like privacy like he you know he's a cat he needs his own privacy right right he's like a like a teenage child you know you gotta have your own space grumpy old man is what he is i have made best friends with the dog next door though they have a beagle and like they have a chain link fence on part of their fence and he'll come over and he'll like sit up on the fence and like and i'll pet him through the fence and he'll like stick his little nose through i think i'm gonna steal it when i leave like that dog is adorable Mm. How's Panther feel about that? Well, the dog lives outside. So Panther would never have to see the dog because I could just set him up in my backyard and when I get a house. Mm, I mean, but Panther's going to like smell the dog on you and know that you're petting another animal. Well, he knows now. Yeah. Well, he'll know. He how, knows. How does he feel about it now? He knows because he can hear me talking to the dog and he'll like sit by the door and wait for me to come in. But Panther is never that excited to see me. That dog did like zoomies around the yard. Like Panther's like, oh, hey, you're home. What'd you bring me? Oh, a plastic sack? Let me lick it. Typical cat. I feel so bad. I I love my cat. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. But if you wanted like excited zoomies when you come home, you got the wrong kind of pet. That's true, but I, I would, I think it'd get old. I think the reason I like that dog so much is because, like, it's in their yard, not mine. I don't have to take care of it. Like, I, like I love animals. I love all animals, but I really love dogs when they belong to other people. It's totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. So, project apps. So, project operations. Have you? Um, like, have you explored it at all? A little bit. So I spent some time looking into project operations about, what, a year and a half ago or so. Um, I got into how to set up projects a little bit. Not the, like, selling opportunity part of the setup, but, like, the now that I have a project, I need to like set up some tasks and like assign some resources and then kind of like look at stuff from there. I did a little bit of that. It was mostly just like enough so that I could demo the product, but not enough that I could have actually set it up to do anything. And as it was, like I never got the utilization report to work because apparently you got to set other stuff up that I never set up. And so then it all showed all zeros. And so then my demo, I just threw in a screenshot from like the internet that I found of the report. I was like, Oh, that'll have to do. Um, so I spent a little bit of time there. That's it. I, like I said, I didn't look into the, the, the sales setup stuff, which I understand can be 
both a little bit complicated and also a little bit powerful. Um, and certainly never looked into like the, the integration to FNO. I don't know if that's something that you've done either, but you can also integrate my, it into VC. That's where my expertise stops. Oh, okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. I mean, just for people, like it's not just FNO. Cause I've heard people say that a lot, like, oh, integrate it into FNO, but like, it's more than just that, which I think is good for people to know. Um, I am by no means an expert. I'm going to totally put like a disclaimer on all of this. Like I am no expert. There's a lot of people out there who do a lot with project apps. I've thrown out a ton of questions to people. Um, I've been working, I guess like we're talking about this cause we're kind of just exploring all the different modules and apps. And I guess it's considered a first party app, right? Project apps. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that we've always kind of done deep dives on this and I don't think we've ever talked about this one now I'm on a project for it so I think it's easy to talk about it um so yeah so so what you were talking about like project ops I mean like in its simplest form you think of it as like a project management system right so like how do you sell um service-based work whether that's like consulting or like anytime anywhere that you're going to have like some sort of service to offer people um, and you can connect that sales process and like what you're quoting, um, whether it's time and materials or it's fixed fee. Um, and then you can take that all the way through the project management process or the project process. So you can, um, like you said, talk about utilization, figure out, you know, were you accurate in your quoting? Um, did you make any money on your fixed fee? You know, things like that. Hmm. Yeah, you'd want to know that. But a lot of people have a hard time calculating it. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's very different as somebody who has never, somebody as myself, has never dove into the project management process and is not a project manager. It's actually been kind of difficult to understand. So I've had to do actually a lot of, I would say, research just myself on like what that process and like how a project manager would work um, and actually sit down with a couple project managers I know and say, Hey, what would you want in this stage? Or like, how do you, um, how do you calculate things, things like that? So, um, it's difficult, man. I like, I love how you're like, Oh, I've never set it up. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like, it's so difficult because it's, it's, um, there's a lot to it. So they take, um, when Microsoft built project ops or when they bought it from whatever company they bought it from, because we all know that a lot of this comes from, you know, acquisitions and things like that, they took a lot of the existing tables like an order and turned that into a contract, mm-hmm. which has its own complications because, you know, orders work in a certain way, but they've made JavaScript changes to it that you can't adjust because it's part of the innate functionality of PO. And we have found this in multiple places. The contracts is one specific one. Um, but there's been a lot of things where we've wanted to change like just basic, 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 I, I mean, what I would consider basic configuration, but it's built into the native JavaScript and you can't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not helpful. Well, it's not. Um, and so you just wonder if Microsoft, I, I mean, they're never going to uncouple that, right? Um, but it does limit some of the customization that you can do from like a process standpoint. So you kind of have to work 
in project management the way Microsoft thinks project management should be done. You know, like I think in sales, you can change process. Like you can either do accounts and contacts first or second. Like there's a lot of flexibility. And that's one of the things that they've always prided themselves on is that you can make it, you know, it's so customizable. You can make it what you want it to be. Project ops is not the same way, or at least that's what I'm finding out. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, Does it make sense? My impression of the history, sort of. My impression of the history is, I think actually Microsoft built it. Um, If I'm remembering correctly, I think they took the, like, project accounting people out of the AX team and had them build what was then Project Service Automation, PSA, on top of CRM. And then because they had that, and then they had Project Online, and they had like Project the Desktop app, and they had, I think, something else in the cloud. And they were like, we're just going to smash all this together and come up with something that, you know, does all of this mostly end to end. And that became Project Operation. So I think you can actually blame Microsoft developers for the, which is one of those things that like has bugged me that Microsoft has done over time is don't do things to your product that I can't do to your product also. Like there's so many ways to extend the product. If you're going to extend your own product, just do it in a way that I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And then that leaves that customizability and flexibility open. When you go and like hard code JavaScript stuff that then I can't change, like that's not fair. That's not playing by the rules. I can't do that. So you can't do that either. It's so true because, I mean, because we've, we've come across this where, I mean, I can see right in the JavaScript where it is. And so I went to Microsoft directly and said, hey, this is the portion of JavaScript that I have an issue with. Can you change it? Can I, ch-? you know, like, what is your recommendation? And they said nothing. Like, you can't do anything. Like, we can't customize it per customer. And like, you can do it, but then your whole system is going to break and that's unsupported and we can't help you fix it. And so it was just crazy because like, you can see exactly where the, I mean, the JavaScript is written so logically that you can actually see where you want to change something, but you just can't. It's so frustrating. Um, But I would say, so, so, so now I'm talking, I always like to start with the things that I hate about stuff first with Microsoft. Um, But the things that are kind of cool, I would say, let's kind of switch gears maybe into that. Um, You brought up Project Online. So it does have a really deep, just, and I wouldn't even call it an integration. It's embedded. So Project Online is like 100% embedded into Project uh, Project Ops. Um, And I don't know how recent that is. I know it's newer and I think it was part of PO and not PSA. Um, but mm-hmm. you can but it basically embeds project online directly into dynamics. So you're not working with like multiple tables and then you can't transfer that over to project. Like you can actually build the product in PO, go to project online and like do a bunch of stuff there and then it'll transfer back into PO. Um, and I know from like a project manager's perspective, you know, they don't like CRM. <laughs> Nobody likes CRM. So they could go in and build things. But as soon as that base of the project is there, they can then go build all their tasks, do their assignments, notes, um, dates, all of that. They can do that in, in Project Online, which is not at all confusing that they're both PO, Project Operations and Project Online. Um, you can go do that in Project Online and then come back to PO and have, um, and it, it'll generate those numbers like you were talking about the um you know, the utilization or the profitability, things like that. I think one of the coolest things, at least from 
from my limited discovery into project operations was the like trying to find a resource for your task. And so like I would say, like set up the task and be like, okay, I need these skill sets at this level to be able to do this task with this much availability. And then it could go and like, you know, look at theoretically hundreds of resources and say, all right, now here are five Mm -hmm. that have the availability, the skill set, the whatever else that you need. And you can like pick one and then it'll like automatically book them for all that time. And I was like, that's, that seems pretty cool. It is cool. I would say the interface of that is not pretty. Um, Again, of course, like I have to come back to what I, to complain about something. But what I do know is that Microsoft is investing a lot of money in field service. And a lot of the features between field service and project operations are similar, like the schedule board, Mm -hmm. um, the resource board, all of that kind of stuff is very, I wouldn't say the same, very similar. And I've heard rumblings that they're going to potentially roll out some of that, like, interface stuff down to project ops i don't know if it's true that's not that's not a secret like i've i've just been talking with other people who use po and we're like why why else why wouldn't they right if it's here right. of course they're gonna roll it over we've actually started using the the field service schedule board just because it's so much easier to use there's just additional stuff on it that we don't need in in po sure. but you can't i mean obviously you can use it both ways um, but yeah, like you were saying, it, it is really cool where you can go in and just identify what the need is, time frame, all those kinds of things. And in the schedule board, it'll just show you who's, you know, who fits that criteria. And you can, um, what I also like is you can fully, you know, so let's say pulled back five people and you were like, well, actually, I want to split this work between two of them because it's too much work for one person to do or, you know, whatever the schedule just worked out, you can allocate how much of the project or how much of the work you want to go to each person. You can either front load them. Um, you can do, you know, it even, you can give them half of it, full, all of it, a percentage. If you want to split it between four people and give them each 25%, it's actually pretty cool um, how you can break it down um, between all the resources. Um, especially like if you, if you need to front load somebody, like if you think about it, when you're doing a project, you might have somebody that's doing design. Well, you're not going to do design at the end of the project. And if you are, you're in trouble. Um, So that's like the kind of thing that you'd want to front load their hours and then have it decrease as the project goes. Um, So it does all of that for you. Um, You can also accommodate for like different scheduling. Like I'm off on Fridays. So we have me off on Friday. So I don't ever get scheduled time. So when we look at my availability and resourcing, well, I only have so many hours because I don't work 40 hours a week. So it's it's very intelligent in the way that you can um, scope and kind of put together what's realistic for somebody's workload. Um, and you can also felt like find out what capacity they're at. So one of the things that I really like is you can find out scheduling and utilization, which are two very different concepts. So scheduling is what does somebody have available coming up? And utilization is, well, how, how much did I actually utilize that person? So I said that they were available at 80% capacity, but we only filled them at 55. I'd want to know that because I'd want to know how, how can I give them, you know, that 25 more percent work to get them up to full capacity. Have you gotten into like how you estimate things on the sales front? Like how, I'm not sure how flexible that is because that's an area I haven't used. Yeah. So the sales side is actually not, I don't want to say it's not complex because it's going to come back and bite me in the ass, right? Um, of like later, oh gosh, this is difficult. Um, 
the hardest part of setting up the sales is all of the data that you have to load up front. You have to load all of your resources, your pricing. You have to have multiple price lists. You have to have a price list for the company. You have to have like, there's so much data that you have to upload up front that you don't realize until you're like halfway through the quote and you're like, why are like the number 80 hours for this one resource? Why is it not calculating? Oh, it's because I forgot to add this one price list to this one resource back in this other spot. And then you have to go and do it all over again because Microsoft doesn't, you can't just hit like recalculate. Like you have to delete that entry out of your quote and then re-add it. Project Ops is easy to use. It's hard to set up. Because once you, because the hardest part is knowing all the data that you have to put into it, because obviously that has a lot to do with then the project too. You can't tell what somebody's utilizing if you don't, if you don't put in their availability and if they're not doing time entry and if they're not, you know, you don't put in their price, you know, so it all has to do with the amount of data. You can make it as easy. You could roll it out as is, make no customizations and you could still spend hundreds of hours just finding out what data you have to put in to make it all work. Like you said, you couldn't get the reports to work. The yeah. reports are really cool. But the amount of data, and I'm not even kidding, like like we'll find something. Like we're still finding things. Like this one thing isn't calculating. And we have to like go f- so far deep into the system to find out, oh, we forgot to upload a price list here. Um, and there's no... I don't want to say there's no documentation, but I mean, I have found it very difficult to find documentation of here's all like, here are the 10 data points of things that you need mm. for this to even work, um, which sounds like it would be a really great. Maybe I should have come prepared with that for today, like a list of all those things. Maybe I'll follow up like a, a blog or something like here are all the things. <laughs> That sounds like a blog post that you then sell back to Microsoft so that they can put it in their just documentation. Yeah, or just a link to it. <laughs> would love the traffic. Yeah, um, but it's true. So so yeah, I would say the hardest part of project ops is so so to go back to your question on like the quoting, I would say it's not any more or less difficult than quoting like just in the sales. Um, it is a different opportunity because it has to be listed as a services opportunity, not a product-based opportunity. Um mm-hmm. so if you're gonna use a custom app, be really careful of that. Um, because you have to select the right kind of opportunity because by default, Microsoft CRM or whatever dynamics will always use the product based one. So you have to like change that. Now, if you just use the PO app, no problem. It automatically chooses it for you. Um, but then there's this whole, you have the quote, which then becomes an order, but in PO, it becomes a contract which then you have to put in all of your um, quote line details and you have to create a quote line for like every person that's going to be on the project for every resource. So uh, this ties back to something that I think I encountered when I was trying to demo it is that there's no concept of like a project template. I feel like that was something that was maybe in PSA and then got taken out for project ops. Yeah, so that's a good question. I have not implemented project templates. Um, the customer I'm working with decided every project is unique. Um, okay. So I did not get too far down the path, but you might be right that it's not there anymore. 
Okay. I don't know the answer. It's like a, from your from your description of like having to set up different line items for everybody that's on the project. Like if I'm setting up a three thousand hour project to span over eighteen months, you know, with like I don't know twenty five different resources. Well, you could do it by role, right? So let's say you okay. have, out of those twenty five resources, there's really only six roles. Okay, that at least breaks okay. it down. So you can you can do it either by resource or by role. Because okay. you might have resources right. in the same role that cost different money. Then maybe you use a blended rate. You know, it, you know, it just kind of depends on how your company wants to operate yeah. that. Okay. Right. It still sounds like a lot of data entry compared to, you know, just put it in the spreadsheet and add rows and columns wherever you want. You can import it all. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you could still do your spreadsheet and then import all your contract lines and quote lines and yeah i suppose as long as i put them all in the right format but right yeah yeah and then from there um people always think of it as like oh the opportunity becomes a contract and then that becomes a project um that's not true microsoft wants you to create the project while you're still in the opportunity so you can start to kind of build what the project would look like um but then let's say that you close the opportunity mm -hmm. is lost this is one thing that I actually found really cool. I was like, you know what? Kudos to you, Microsoft, for thinking of this. So you build all of that, right? You have your opportunity, your quote, you build the project, connect it all together. You kind of start to envision what the full project would look like, fill in details. Let's say you lose that opportunity. It goes in and deactivates everything. So any projects, project tasks, any um, assigned roles, any everything gets removed from the system like it you know like so that the any sort of like soft bookings that you did on resources mm -hmm. those go away um it's actually pretty cool but i was shocked when i when i came back to microsoft and was like why doesn't this like just go here they're like well you should already have it built and i was i was pleasantly surprised i thought that was pretty cool that was pretty cool yeah because i mean the whole because i get it right when you have when you're doing the quote you want to soft book resources Hey, I have this project that could be coming right. down the pipeline. I want to make sure that I'm soft booking people to know when we could fit it in. But if we lose it, mm -hmm. you want that you don't have to go into every soft booking and remove it, which is which is actually. Yeah, I found that very surprising <laughs> <laughs> that they thought that through. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they did. Yeah, I'm glad that they did. The last thing I wanted to talk about was time entry, unless you have any other questions. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually wondering about time entry. I feel like that's sort of that's the, the last frontier. Actually, the two projects that I worked on to roll out PO, the need came from needing a time entry system. So yeah. but they chose it because it integrated with sales and then eventually to the project, you know, so it was just a very seamless. But it was time entry driven. Like, hey, we need a place where we can enter time easily that has all this like backward and you know impact um time entry is really easy if you do it how microsoft wants you to <laughs> this sounds terrible but like um but it's like everything else right everything in po is if you use it as microsoft intends and you do no customization or you change your process to follow how microsoft thinks that you should input time it's actually really slick and pretty cool because um 
you know, all of your time gets put towards projects. It feeds right into the utilization or even the costs. So you can have, you have an estimate cost on your project and then you have an actual cost. So you can do comparison as the project is going. It just updates as soon as time gets approved. It automatically updates everything. Um, So that is really cool, especially as a PM where you're trying to find out if you're over or under budget or if you're, you know, Mm -hmm. do I need a change order because we're spending too much money. Um, You get... I would say pretty, as long as people are approving time in a timely manner, you're getting really up-to-date information. Um, what I don't like necessarily is how Microsoft implemented like holidays and vacation. So I just warn people, if you are going to, imp- you know, use PO as for time en- or for time entry, um, you can put in a calendar. We're going to talk about customer service as well. So I'm guessing in customer service, there's a service calendar, same thing in Mm -hmm. project ops, kept the name of service calendar where people have what, when they're available to work, what their working hours are, let's say you're part-time, full-time, whatever. Microsoft wants you to put in your holidays on there and not in your time entry. So, oh, this person just can't be booked for any projects on this day. But as a manager, I want to be able to look at somebody's week and say, hey, there was a holiday on Monday are you at 40 hours or are you, cause you're an hourly employee. Are you at 45 even with taking the holiday? So I still owe you overtime. So, so the way that mm. Microsoft built it is they don't want you to put in holidays on time entry, but as a manager, I, I need to know because <laughs> if you're, I mean, if your salary, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter, right? You can work a hundred hours. You're going to make the same as if you work 30 um, but if you're an hourly employee, you'd want to be able to see or you'd want to be able to see how much time they really put towards the project or are we giving too many holidays and losing money or should we give more holidays because our people are overworked or, you know, so there's I, I would say it's 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 I'm not a fan of it just from a manager perspective. Um, I get where Microsoft is coming like, oh, it's a holiday. You just don't work. Well, but I'd, right. I want to know how many hours somebody is you know, with the eight hours of holiday, you know, so I would just, that's one thing I would caution people about is, you know, how you want, because then do you book holidays towards a project, which kind of doesn't make sense because it's not chargeable time. Um, And you just make a holiday project. That's a non-billable project. uh, But you can only add 20 people per task. So that is a project online limitation. You can only assign 20 people to one project task. So let's say you have a company of 100 people. You want to create a holiday or a time off project. You can only assign 20 people to one of the tasks. Now, you could just require that they don't put in a task when they submit time. But yeah, just a lot to think about Hmm. and things like lessons learned. Like these are all things that I wish I would have known walking in. I would have made. Yep different recommendations up front. That sounds, that sounds fair. I think those are the big areas, I would say. The sales opportunity contracts, that portion, projects, and then time entry. Um, I'll end this the way that I started. I am by no means an expert. I learn something new and different every day with Project Ops. Um, I've been working on, the, on it since like August, so I'm five months in, and there's a lot I wish I would have known, like I said. Um, before this but i feel like that's how you learn is by doing so would love to hear from other people who have done project ops projects and like what they've learned or 
Um, like, I think that would be a really good, like, to see in the comments, like, what, what else, what tips and tricks or what are things that you think people should know before doing one of these implementations? Because I, in my opinion, project operations is going to be pretty big. It's going to be like field service where there's a lot of people moving to field service. I hear a lot of people are looking into project operations, especially because of the integration with project online and doing the time entry. Um, and the fact that it's not a part of AX or FNO, like it's its own separate mm -hmm. platform. So let's say you don't have a Microsoft ERP system, you can still integrate it. Like you could integrate it into Oracle or SAP or something like that. So um, yeah. I'm finding that a lot of people are looking into it. And um, so, yeah, I think that helping all, <laughs> if we could all help each other, because I think it's going to I think it's going to be pretty big in the next couple of years. Makes sense. After have to uh, start up a project app support group for we should. everybody to, to share, share their tips. Uh, oh, it's almost like creating a uh, project ops user group. Hmm. <laughs> if only there was a platform where you could set up like a meetup that you could hang out on a regular basis. I think we just hmm. came up with something good. Could be, could be. <laughs> Anything else? I know I feel like I just rambled a lot. Obviously, this was topic I wanted to bring to the table oh, and kind of share yeah. at least what I've learned so far. I mean, and you're much closer to being an expert in it than I am. So this is mostly for me to learn. Yeah. I would never put expert next to my name on PO specifically, <laughs> <laughs> but learning, <laughs> maybe expert in progress. How about your uh, advanced and I am novice? Just, just more I'll take the compliment. Advanced. I'll take the compliment. Now you know for the next time I can't you build a demo how to get your numbers. And I'll, I'll follow, I'll, I will follow this up. I think that's a good idea. Maybe put together a blog or something of here are like the 10 or 12 data points. Like don't forget to put these in when you're setting up PO. I think that's a good idea. Sounds like valuable content. Yeah, agreed. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing your expertise. I'm putting that in air quotes just for you, but <laughs> thanks Marlon. for sharing your expertise today. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate everyone listening and excited to see the conversation that comes out of this. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.